HUD, FHA, and Ginnie Mae face potential budget cuts. A cyber attack takes down Loan Depot's systems. And our exclusive interview with Reverse Market Insight, where we learn what is loan servicing oversight and why is it key to the reverse mortgage industry. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of January 15th. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only weekly podcast, bringing you the latest reverse mortgage news for you, the mortgage professional. It's time once again for political infighting and gridlock. Yes, we could be looking at a budget impasse, but over last weekend, leaders, including the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Mike Johnson, a Republican from Louisiana, and also U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, they each made their own announcement saying that they had reached a tentative agreement for funding the federal government this year. And details from both, from Schumer and also from a Hakeem Jeffries, and a letter to colleagues from Johnson indicated that the deal was largely in line with the spending agreement that had been reached between President Biden and the former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, last spring. But time may be running out for both chambers of Congress, the House and the Senate, to get the votes in line, get those votes whipped, pass the bills, and then reconcile them in time to get them to President Biden's desk to become law. If that doesn't happen, if all those pieces did not come into place, then we could see a partial government shutdown that would begin on January 19th, yes, this week, if Congress cannot get this pushed through in time. Now, a government shutdown gives us some challenges, especially for those of us in reverse mortgage lending, even compared to the national forward or traditional mortgage business, because without appropriations, the Federal Housing Administration is unable to endorse new HECMs. And that would create a problem because those loans cannot have the endorsement and the binding insurance through FHA's Mutual Mortgage Insurance Fund. Although unlikely, a prolonged government shutdown could eventually cause issues that could disrupt new loan originations, said Understanding Reverse's Dan Holtquist last October. He added, for example, if a prolonged shutdown impacts liquidity in the reverse mortgage business, lenders may be hesitant to close loans until the shutdown has been resolved. Now, the timing of the budget cuts could not come at a worse time. Because as a result of our nearly frozen housing market, the Federal Housing Administration is anticipating their income or receipts will be greatly reduced in 2024. Even outside of budget cuts, par budgeting could challenge Ginny May because they recently acquired the servicing rights of the now-defunct reverse mortgage lender, reverse mortgage fundings, portfolio of Heckam Mortgage-backed securities, and that agency has asked for increased funding to hire the personnel that are needed to service that sizable portfolio. It's happened again. One of the largest mortgage lenders in the U.S., Loan Depot, confirmed last week that they are the latest victim of a cyber attack. And that incident brought Loan Depot's systems completely down. The California-based lender, which originated approximately $17 billion in mortgage loans from January to September of 2023, said they have launched an investigation with the support of cybersecurity experts, reports Housing Wire. It has also begun to notify regulators after they identified the incident that has affected company systems and also the encryption of data. The company shut down certain systems and continues to implement measures to secure its business operations, bring systems back online, and respond to the incident, said Loan Depot, and an 8K filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. 
Increasingly large mortgage lenders are facing the threat of cyber attack. In fact, last October, Mr. Cooper had the data of nearly 15 million of their current and former clients exposed in a cyber attack, which may have been compromised. And that included 32,000 reverse mortgage borrowers whose information may have been compromised. And in our last story for the week, we look at what is loan servicing oversight? It's a term that's new to me. And why is it important to our industry? To answer that question, we bring you an exclusive interview recorded last week with Reverse Market Insight CEO and founder, John Lundy, and also their director of mortgage servicing, Jared Scribala. John, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I see you have a colleague with you as well today. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. I always appreciate the uh opportunity to chat with you and catch up a little bit. I'll introduce Jared here. Uh, Jared is a, he, he's been with us for a little over a year now, uh, but Jared is one of the leaders on our servicing oversight side, has a really long history, and I'll let him elaborate a little bit more um, about, you know, just just the kind of experience and uh, expertise he has in uh, servicing and servicing oversight on the Heckam product and proprietary products for a number of some of the biggest servicers um, in the space. But, you know, it's funny that you say you've never heard servicing oversight before, because I think when I, when I started RMI with uh, Topher way back in the day, uh, we'd probably never heard the term either. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people just focus on origination and, um, you know, kind of once the loans are originated, it's kind of, you kick it over the, the wall of the servicing and let them like figure it out. And, you know, who knows? You just move on to the next loan. Um, but, you know, obviously these loans stick around for, you know, years and even decades. So it, there, there's a lot that happens on that back end in servicing. And frankly, you know, servicing oversight is really about uh, just optimizing and managing your portfolio. Those loans and servicing rights that you have, um, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity, but there's also a lot of risk. There's potential losses that come down the pipe. Um, all kinds of things that can happen, you know, once once it kind of goes over that proverbial wall into the servicing field. So I guess from there, Jared, I'll uh, kick it over to you and let you talk a little bit about uh, some of your experience and, um, you know, kind of how you got to, to this crazy world um, and, and joining our team here. Thank you, John. Uh, Jared, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Shannon, for having me. I appreciate it. So, uh, you know, I actually uh, got my first taste in the reverse mortgage space back in uh, 2008 when I um, joined Bank of America. It was actually in a, an underwriting uh, role, so the, the fulfillment or origination side of things. And fortunately enough for me, I got exposure to the uh, servicing oversight and servicing um, routines um, after they decided to exit the business. Um, in 2011 and uh, 2012, I kind of transitioned into servicing for a short period of time while we were um, assisting with various MSR transfers and things of that nature. Um, and then they did retain a, a small portfolio, just things that you know couldn't be uh, included in the various sales. So really, my my uh, start to servicing oversight was was around 2012. So. I've been doing this for you know roughly 12 years, um, and I find it in, in, in intriguing. Um, there, I've learned a lot over the last 12 years, um, and really just you know understanding the, the 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 from the front end to the to the back end has really helped me um, just you know shape who I become in terms of 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 uh, you know my skill set. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's been an incredible experience so far. So what are some of the ways you can mitigate uh, risk in a servicing portfolio? Because uh, you've mentioned that there are risks uh, inherent in having a uh, loan servicing portfolio. What are some of the risks you address? There's a lot of different risks. I mean, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, FHA insured mortgages, you know, the the one key term that a lot of um, you know, industry participants focus on is debenture interest curtailment. And, you know, that is that that comes about once a loan goes into default. So ensuring that that timelines are met is really critical. Um, and I think the industry as a whole has become a lot more aware. There's been enhancements to technology that has kind of helped with the monitoring and tracking of that. But, you know, there's nuances to all these all these things and, and just, you know, interpretations of HUD guidelines, making sure you're kind of following these loans as they progress through, um, you know, those various stages. The other thing that you'll you'll hear often is is uh, appraisal based claim risk. And, and, you know, really, that comes about when the REO stage, when you're looking to dispose of the REO, you want to control that. And these are terms that are used widely, um, you know, especially when evaluating portfolios and pricing them. And, um, you know, it's it's really the the, the oversight is, is is focused on trying to prevent those things. It's really, um, you know, focusing on a lot of the ancillary processes that are involved to kind of prevent that. So it really doesn't do you any good if you catch these things um, later in the process when they've already occurred. It's It's preventing them. So it's really having control of your data and having, you know, organized data sets and, and being able to identify where these things might come about. Like, so I, I use an example with just with the appraisal-based claim risk. Um, you know, the idea of that is that, you, you know, you, you, once you have an REO, you, you have to sell it within six months of acquiring what they call marketable title. So taking possession of it, essentially. And, you know, you, you might have a situation where the property, once you acquire it, it's filled with belongings, right? You, you need to get that in condition so a realtor can list it and, and, and conduct showings. And it's got stuff in it that's accumulated through the borrower's lifetime, right? And so, you know, the, uh, a vendor will go out and, and, and give you a quote on how much it'll cost to have that stuff removed. And then they come out and then they remove it. Well, what happens if there's a delay in, in, in removing the belongings of that, that party in order to get this thing listed in, 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 in condition so you can, can, can sell it? Um, you know, what do you do at that point? So like we would go in and we would look at, okay, well, why is this taking so long? Identify those delays before it becomes a problem and before we've missed a critical timeline where it's costing the client losses. I mean, that's just one example of, of what we would um, deploy through our tools and monitoring and just organized data sets that, that will allow us to, to, to identify these, these things as they're happening in real time and put the client in best position to, to, to address it um, or give a servicing level directive to their vendor or their subservicer so they're able to uh, avoid those, those, those mitigate, you know, those losses that can be mitigated. John, what, what made reverse market insight uh, feel that this is a, a service, the servicing oversight is something that best suits your, your company and skill sets. Yeah, you know, I think it really goes back to our founding principle uh, for RMI. You know, we've always looked at ourselves and, and gone to great lengths to um, stay a trusted third party uh, in the industry. You know, so really by being able to be uh, that outside resource with expertise um, in specific areas, um, and as, as you've heard a little bit from Jared and, um, you know, some other folks that have joined our team, 
um, you know, we have that expertise and that long experience. Um, and, and then, of course, as Jared also hinted there, um, we've distilled that down into some software tools and reporting that really forms a, a bedrock, you know, servicing and servicing oversight. There are literally hundreds and thousands of rules um, and, and ways that things can kind of slip up, get wrong or, you know, go correctly. And, and all of those are potential areas to, you know, really do things well or miss an opportunity potentially. So, you know, for us, it really kind of comes down to that. So who, uh, when you're doing servicing oversight, who do you, uh, with the lender or servicer, who are you interfacing with? If it's the lender, what, what position uh, or title or with the servicer, where, where does that interaction take place? I, I'll just touch on it really quickly. So I think, um, you know, in the, in, in the way the current, the industry is currently set up, you know, a lot of the, particularly Hackam loans, you know, they end up in HMBS um, portfolios. So the HMBS issuer is one of the really important, um, you know, folks. That's typically who we'll end up contracting with. Uh, but then it really is about um, coordinating with not just the the issuer themselves, but also some of their key vendors, subservicer, you know, some of their REO vendors, things like that. So Jared, I know there's a lot more detail we can add in there if you want to chime in. Yeah, I think you you touched on the the critical pieces there. Just the interaction with the issuer and and you know the master servicer and then also the subservicer you know subservicer is doing the day-to-day um servicing the loan they're you're they're going to follow um hud guidelines and and they're going to they're going to service that in accordance with those but there's a lot of things that come up that require you know decision making that might might fall you know there it might not be clear as to what is required or what needs to do and, and even though you're following hud guidelines sometimes that's not always what's best for the issuer, the the parties that have the that hold the financial interest, you know, you might it might be better you might be better suited to make a decision that would might might be slightly outside of HUD guidelines in terms of protecting yourself against curtailment and things of that nature, where you're going to maximize the return um, on that and and avoid a loss altogether. Um, so you know, there's there's decisions that come up throughout the course of the life of the loan that you know you have to kind of evaluate and, and take in. Um, you know, with the data set that you have, but also making the best decision possible for 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 the client. Servicing oversight, it's has it become increasingly important because of market conditions that maybe the average originator or broker is not aware of? Yeah, I, I would I would say that I'd say market conditions. Uh, you know, I think you know as all these participants and interested parties become involved. I mean, you're talking about financiers. Like they're all interested in who's overseeing this. They don't want to depend on one party to 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 be responsible for everything, um, and and you know kind of blindly agree to just whatever one party is telling you. Um, they want to look at it and say, okay, are we do we have checks and balances in place? Do we have controls in place where we have monitoring of the party that's doing the work um, and, and making sure that they're following through with what we're, they're contracted to do. But also, you know, again, kind of circling back to the importance of just having servicing level directives. So if, if, if you're not giving directives on what you want them to do, they're not going to do it. Right. So there's there's cases where that might come up where it's a little bit outside of the box. And, and, and that's one of the things that the benefits to having a proper oversight program in place will do for you. 
That concludes this special edition of Hackam World Weekly. We want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget, we also have a video version of this podcast, which you can find at hackamworld.com, also on YouTube. Be sure to return next week for more reverse mortgage news that we curate for you here at Hackam World so you can get your news on the go. Have a great week.